Welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. My name is Pete Wilson, and I'm joined by my co-host and wife, Jordan Wilson. What's up? How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Welcome, everybody, to episode three. It's entitled, Two Things That I Know About You. That's... Creepy. Are you intrigued? <laughs> I am intrigued, actually. I don't. And it's not know two things I know about. about you, but like two things I know about like all of us, every single person listening to this podcast. Okay. Um, I thought it would be interesting today because I know we're in our third episode now, and not everybody knows us. Yeah. And I thought it'd be fun today to get to know you a little better. Oh, good. Great. And so I actually have ten questions for you. Ten questions you don't know about me. No, I know. Ten answers you don't know. I know okay. most of these. I think I do. But this is for everybody else. Okay. Ten questions. I'm ready. You ready? Number one, where are you from? I am from Georgia. Technically, for people who don't know the area, I say Atlanta, but technically it's like Swanee, Sugar Hill, Georgia. Northeast. Cool. And your whole fam's there, right? Northeast Georgia, not Northeast America. Huh? Your whole fam's there? Yeah, my whole fam. My um, my mom, my dad, my brother, my aunts, cousins. Um, yeah. Grandma. Tell us about your family. I mean, very yeah. close knit, obviously. We are very close. Um, everybody kind of lives pretty close together, and then we have some family down in South Georgia. Um, but for the most part, everyone is down south. But yeah, I have a brother, mom, dad. My brother's married. It's yeah, fun. just got married a year ago. Almost. Yeah, yeah, a year ago. Well, actually, just you over officiated. Here. I know. I loved it. it was, that was <laughs> such a fun wedding. It was so fun. Uh, okay, uh, where'd you go to school? Uh, college. I went to the University of Georgia. Go dogs. All right, whatever. Um, All right, moving <laughs> on. Uh, <laughs> okay, you, you're done with that question. Okay, uh, what cool, do you cool. do? What do I do? Um, I work in marketing. Uh, my major was marketing, so oh. I kind of took that into my professional life. So I work for an agency here in Nashville. Awesome. All right, uh, next question. I know you actually have several of these, so just give us one, a hobby. Oh, I love to like make things and create things, but I think the hobby I like practice the most. I don't even know if this is considered a hobby, but mm, I run a lot. That is it's not like a hobby. My That's... stress reliever. It's fun. It was. It's not always fun, but it's just like a release. So I guess that's a hobby. Okay, good. How about a pet peeve? Oh, um, I can list a bunch of these. Too. <laughs> you probably could answer this better than I could. Um, my biggest pet peeve, and it's been this way since I was little. I cannot help it. Um, it's just hearing somebody chew or like crunch oh, on food. Oh, she goes nuts over it. I'm telling you. I don't you. go nuts. I just silently sit here Oh, in she'll pain. give you the evil eye. Like there are times I get an evil eye for eating a chip. I have to like take the chips into the closet and eat or something. You attack chips. There's not like a- I don't a, attack them. I'm just eating a chip. It's what you do with a chip. And then you, your mouth doesn't close. Carrot. If I eat a carrot, oh, oh my God. gosh. If I chew on ice- it, it's all crunchy stuff. It is. I've actually looked it up. It's a, this like disorder of some kind for <laughs> okay, hearing right. noises. Favorite music? Um, just like genre. I love, I love like the Frank Sinatra's of the world, yeah. but, um, the one that I like listen to over and over is my John Mayer. Uh, she forever. loves her some John Mayer. I love his music and he's a fantastic guitarist. It has nothing to do with him as a person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even though he is pretty funny. Okay. Continue. <laughs> what, uh, what is your Enneagram number? Oh, my Enneagram. I am a, uh, number three, which yep. like I'm a perfectionist. So I think I, I probably gained too much of my identity on my successes or performance. Yeah. And you are too. You're a number three. I am a three. Which I don't know what that means for a couple to both be three. I meant to look that up the other day. Should two people with <laughs> three late. Enneagram get married? <laughs> and then I was like, why would I even look it up? It doesn't matter. Like we're married. Yeah, no. It, I think it's good because we understand each other's, we understand why each other are doing certain yep. things. Yep. Yep. Okay, uh, interesting fact 
Um, uh, interesting fact. Oh, this is a good one. I, a lot of people in our lives know this, but my maiden name is the same as my married name. Yeah. I was Jordan Wilson my whole life. That was my name as a kid. And, and then Jordan I married Wilson a Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. So I'm, I've, I didn't have to go change anything at the like social security office cool. or anything while my credit cards or my debit cards were good. Awesome. That is nice. Uh, okay. Last one. Uh, favorite quote. Oh gosh. I have tons of favorite quotes and they, I see them. I feel like every day on Instagram, I'm like, Oh, I love that one. I love that one. Uh, but the one that I've like, I'm not, I'm not going to say lived by, but that I've always like kind of had in the back of my head is have courage and be kind. And that's um, Cinderella the newer Cinderella came out mm-hmm. and oh gosh, it was probably five plus years ago. Um, but have courage and be kind. And for me in my life, um, I kind of went through a bunch of stuff four years ago. Um, I got a divorce and, um, I, to me, I needed courage to continue to have confidence in myself. Like I had to have courage for myself and I had to cur- have courage to like face the world with it. Cause I was again, an Enneagram three mm-hmm. perfectionist. Um, and then be kind. I had just received, a lot of unkind things um, in that season. And so to me, that just echoed everything I want to live by forever. It's just to have courage in who you are and then to just be kind. That's good. I see you live that out too. Thank you. You're welcome. And there's so there's so many layers to her. You'll get to know her over time. <laughs> oh gosh. That's uh, not that sounded like a dig, but hopefully that's a No, that's not a positive a terrible thing. thing. Okay, no, it's a great thing. So two things that I know about you, Jordan, two things that I know about every single person listening to this podcast. First one is this. Um, you use words, mm-hmm. right? Everybody uses words. Um, I know everybody listening to this that you talk. Some of you talk more than others, but everybody talks. Some of you have trouble stopping talking, but everybody talks. You use words every single day. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Jordan, but the average man speaks 7,000 words a day. Uh, you want to take a stab at how many words a woman says a day? Oh, this is a harsh judgment, but I'm going to say like three times more than that. It's 20,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So men speak on average 7,000. Women on average speak 20,000 words a day. Either way, it's still a lot of words, That's not true for you, by the way. You think I speak more than seven? As soon as you wake up, you're like, what are you going to do? Yeah, sure. That's probably true. Average is probably true. But we do. We talk a lot. Our, Our lives are full of talk. Words that we're speaking, words that are being spoken to us, mm-hmm. it's just kind of the way the world is. Sure. There's an interesting verse in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is probably my favorite like book in the Bible. It's just very practical. But it says this. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And that verse always kind of stuck out to me because this whole idea that the words that we speak have the power of life and death. Mm-hmm. And when you think about that, what that means to me is, first of all, none of us have ever spoken a neutral word. Mm-hmm. Our words have a direction to them. They're either moving in a life-giving direction or they're moving in the life-taking direction. Right. Right? They move towards life or they move towards death. And I, I think that's really interesting because if they're moving in the, the life-giving direction, then they're going to be words of encouragement, uh, words of peace. Words of unity, words of instruction, words of wisdom. If our words are moving in the life-taking direction, they're going to be words of anger and slander and jealousy and gossip and division and racism and violence and on and on and on, right? And so there is so much power to every word that we speak. 
So th- that's the first thing I know about everybody is that you use words. Okay. The second thing that I know is that your deepest pain and your greatest joy have been accompanied by words. Mm. Think about that. Like, we've all heard talk is cheap. I, whoever said that is a liar. Talk is <laughs> not cheap. Words are powerful. Yeah. They yeah. can also be very painful. Words can be awful, and words can be amazing. They can hurt. They can help. They can heal, but they're not cheap. Yeah. In fact, I think they're quite expensive. Words cost something. Words have a price tag to them. And so wars have been started, and murders have been initiated, and divorces have been sealed, and children's self-esteem has been shattered all through words. Uh, it's powerful. And I know, again, the most joyful moments of my life and also the saddest moments of my life have been accompanied by talk. I am the sum total of both the good and the bad statements yeah. that have been spoken over me in my life. And, and so are you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, there are people who have spoken words of life over you and you'll never forget those moments. Like yeah. I think oh back, there have been like some teachers mm-hmm. who spoke things over me when I was young and it just yeah. absolutely like blew. I still remember those words yeah. to this day. Me too. I have words from like my grandma and my mom and my dad and teachers or coaches or friends. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it is amazing how much power that has. Yeah, it's crazy. The flip side of that mm-hmm. is I've also had the opportunity to sit down across from people who are 35, 45, 55, 65, 75 years old who will talk to me about the horrible things that a mom or a dad said to them or a coach or a teacher. And when they begin to just kind of recount those words that were spoken over them, you can see the emotion in them as if it happened yesterday. Yeah, and it was right? decades ago. Decades ago. There is a scary, painful, long-term shelf life to ugly hateful, abusive talk. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm just going to go on a tangent here for a second. Yeah, go for it. Not even a tangent, but I mean, I just, I have personal experience that I know everybody probably does all to different extents. Um, I'm not, I don't mean to bring up my divorce again in the same episode. I don't over identify with that in my past, but, um, yeah, I, I went through a divorce and, um, I, you know, was trying to seek out counsel and all the things and someone I actually didn't ask for their advice, um, asked to meet me. At, like, Don't you love Starbucks. that? Yeah, yeah. Don't you love it? Like the, the people right. who line up who are ready to give you advice? Absolutely. Because yeah, they have all the answers, which I'm not against advice and wisdom. I just, the, the uh, result of this conversation was very painful, but um, yeah, they asked me to come to a Starbucks and um, I met that individual and um, the whole goal, I thought the goal was to like encourage me and love me and all the things. And this person meant well, I know mm-hmm. it. Like I know that that person had no intent to speak negative talk over my life and then influence me five years later. But he, this person basically said, hey, Jordan, your life is on the up and up. Like you're you know, up and to the right and I can see your trajectory and here's all the things that you're going to be able to do one day. And if you follow through with a divorce, if you and your husband get a divorce, you're that's not going to be as fulfilling as it could have mm. been. Like your potential is sliced in half. It's essentially, it's what I heard um, that person use a little bit more like religious language, which carried baggage of its own. Um, but 
I mean, for a year to two years, I, I didn't have the confidence in my heart to believe otherwise. Mm. And, um, I knew he was not the narrator of my life. Um, and I knew he was not God and had no power, um, over my life. But I just, there was something about his words that I really felt like, okay, he's right. You know, he was kind of in some religious circles and I just thought, you know, this is, I, I deserve this, you know, and he made me feel that way. And again, he probably didn't mean it. It didn't mean to make me feel that way. He, he probably thought he was helping guide me. Um, when really it just completely numbed me and cut me off of my hope for, you know, a long time. And it's not just him. There were several people. Um, but yeah, I mean, those words I can hear over and over and over. And I know I'm grateful to have had people around me and done a lot of personal work to know that that is the furthest from the truth. Um, I think, you know, there's a hundred chances and I am not limited because of any past mistakes, but man, when you're like down in the dumps and you're at your rock bottom, anybody's words like that can really impact you. Well, you know what, you know why, do you know why that hurt you so much? You know why you still carry that with you? Why? Because that's the way God designed your soul. I think we, we have to, I think some people think, oh, I'm just too sensitive. I hang on to these things for too long. The reality is you've been designed that way. You and I both, all, everyone listening to this, we're designed in such a way where words will impact us. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why it says words have the power of life and death. We're designed that way. It's going to carry that much weight with us. That's why people listening to this right now who, when they were eight years old and on the playground and somebody called them fat, regardless. Regardless of what they may look like today, they still remember that. Like, yeah. or your parent says you're not good enough. Yeah, or, that's gosh, right. There's so much I hear that a lot. I've talked to people who uh, a parent called them stupid, mm-hmm. and then they believe for the rest of their life that mm-hmm. they were stupid. Like mm-hmm. we're designed in such a way. And I'll say this: I could go on a tangent on this. I won't <laughs> do it. But when it comes to email and social oh, media these days, goodness, yeah. this has taken this problem to a whole new level. Right, because the reality is, we will say things to people via email or say things to people on behind Instagram when we're sitting behind yeah. a computer. We would never, ever, ever say to them when we're looking them in the eyes. Yeah, it's it's so true, and you know, you and I have talked about this a lot, and we have been the recipient of some of that. I know you particularly more, um, but it is so hard to not snap back at them, isn't oh, it? Like, it is, and you are just. I respect you so much for your character because that is a hard thing to do and you do it amazing and taught me a lot because in my past, I really did want to just defend myself. But you it, know? Impact, it, it impacts you yeah. again because that's, their de- words are designed yeah. to have an impact on us. Yeah. And you know, for, for me, again, you know, I have to put those particular words in a, in a certain category where it doesn't impact me emotionally yeah. as much as it could. But but the reality is, every time I read something like that for somebody, I'm like, man, if, if I were looking them in the eyes, they would not be saying Would you this. say this? Would you publish everything that you write no. in social media? Would you publish that for the whole world to see you at any moment? You know, like, no, I don't, I don't think most people filter. would. But, but here's, here's one of the main points I want to make sure to get across today is that this whole topic, you know, because for some of us, we're like, wow, okay, our words do have that kind of power to destroy somebody. I'm just never going to talk again. That That's not the point, right? I think it's important to note that God's goal for the human race has never been to just avoid sin. Oh, right, yeah. Right, and I, I want to come impossible. back to this because I think I think the reality is some people, when they think about spirituality, when they think about religion, and I know there's people who listen to this podcast who 
struggle with that that they have an interest in spiritual things but you know religion has turned them off i think that a lot of times in religion we boiled a relationship with god down to all the things we can't do or we shouldn't do god's goal has never been for us to just avoid sin Mm -hmm. that was the problem in in the um in the bible there were a group of people called the pharisees there were religious leaders who had created hundreds and hundreds of laws that they had to follow Everything was about dotting the I, crossing the T with with your life. Mm-hmm. But there was no joy in their life, right? And that's, that's a problem with legalism. And so God's goal has never been that. Um, there could be no sin in this world, and that still wouldn't bring joy to the heart of God. Because... Um, there would be no expression of life. Like if you never talked, there'd be no expression of life. There'd be no creative ideas. There'd be no articulation of hope. There'd be no wisdom or counsel or direction. So God's goal in all of this is a lot bigger than just avoiding verbal sin, all right? God's designed the human soul where your words are either going to destroy or they're going to build up one another. And I think think the thing that we all have to remember is that every single person that we lock eyes with, whether it's the person in front of us uh, in the grocery store line, whether it's somebody that we pass, you know, just walking down the sidewalk, every single person that we lock eyes with, um, that neighbor, that spouse, that coworker, um, they're going through things that we don't even know. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs healing. Everybody. I don't care how well put together they might look, they have stuff in their life. Absolutely. And they're struggling. Everybody needs healing. And with our words, people can find out that God loves them. People can find out that they matter and that they have a purpose. People can find out that they're qualified to chase after their dream. People can find out about forgiveness and second chances, no matter what it is that you've done. I think it's so important that, again, not the goal is not to avoid not saying mean things. Right. <laughs> the goal is to use our words in such a way that we really build up the people around us. Yeah. Do you remember you wrote something on this a couple years ago, and it was the concept of polite indifference? Yeah. It's just what you just said. It's it's essentially like people think by not saying something that they're doing somebody a, a good <laughs> right. service. Right. Um, you know, maybe there's someone that did something that you completely disagree with and they were someone in your life. And for some reason you choose, okay, I'm just not going to address it with them at all. And I'm just going to let them disappear, you know? And that concept of polite indifference is actually very painful too. Yep. You know, like again, even your lack of words can be painful totally. and hurtful and, um, that politeness that you think you're expressing by just being indifferent can also tear somebody down, which yep. you know <laughs> makes it sound like you're you're always you know against a rock and a hard place. But yeah. I really I think that's a that's a big thing that I saw in my life a few years ago. It's just the silence yeah, was almost more totally. deafening. So here's a question. I want to kind of just wrap things up with, it. And, and this question is for all of us: It's uh, who's in your life, and what do they need to hear you say? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you know, what does your husband need to hear you say? What does your wife need to hear you say? And I, I think sometimes the temptation is to say, oh, she probably needs to hear from me that, you know, she's beautiful or that she's doing a great job, but she already knows all those things. So mm-hmm. that you're missing the point, right? Yeah. Because the power comes not in you thinking that she's beautiful or you thinking that, you know, she's mm-hmm. doing a great job. The power comes in the words being spoken over her. Or over him. And so I think that that's so important. Um, Who's in your life? 
And what do they need to hear you say? What do your kids need to hear you say? What are the parents? Yeah, what your parents, the people that you manage at work, what do they need to hear you say? And I, I think that some people, actually, I know that some of you grew up in a home where there wasn't this kind of communication. There might have been love, but it just wasn't communicated verbally. And so to some degree, you're going to be at a disadvantage in this. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I just think your choice of being comfortable over you using your words to build somebody up is a tragic choice. Mm -hmm. And so my pushback would be, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. And yeah, it's going to feel weird because you know what? Your, your dad never communicated to you in that kind of way and told you that he loved you. So it's weird for you to say that to your kids now or to your spouse now. But I think it's a choice that we make. Yeah. And we got to wrestle with the concept, this idea that our words are really powerful and God has created words in such a way that there's an element of power with them and every word that we speak lands on somebody and influences them in one way or the other and it shows you how natural and how true to the soul that this this concept is was meant to be because you speak words that heal someone or give them energy or life and love and it is a rebound like it comes right back and gives you life and makes you filled with love and that to me is how you know that that is what we were designed to do it is just this back and forth of feeding each other. And yeah, that's so good. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. It is. Thank you for that. Are you ready for four questions? I'm really excited about four (laughs) questions today because the four questions are going to be asked to my eighth grade uh, son. Yeah. He's an eighth grader. Uh, I'm. So, can I just say I'm so shocked that, that he, he agreed. agreed. I know. Me He's too. like teenager, so it's like you know, you never know. It could be absolutely, or no, I'm gonna pl- go play games. Yeah. So I was super pumped to get him on. All right, on let's listen to how, what he says. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite hobby? Football. Not football. What's in your hands? Football. <laughs> football. Okay, uh, number two, this is a harder one. Um, when have you seen something good come from a bad situation? Corona. Uh, corona did take me away from school, but it helped with football, so. Yeah, you gotta spend more time. Mm-hmm, working That's out. True. You're That's a good. baller. All right, number three, what do you want to be known for? Hot. <laughs> you wanna be known for being hot. It's honest, that's an honest teenage answer. Good job, okay. Last one, um, what gives you hope? Something good coming out of something. Yeah, like what? Uh, well, went hunting, saw deer, gave me hope. Next time <laughs> we go hunting. But did you get the deer? No. no. But it gave you hope for me. Next, next, next time. I love it. Good. Awesome. Thanks, bud. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Straight from the mind of an he eighth grader. He wants to be known for being hot. Hot. Yeah. I actually asked him that question before. He didn't know all the questions in advance, but I asked him that question in advance, and he was like, to be hot. Like He, he was totally joking, <laughs> and I was like, you have to say that. I don't care if you mean that or not. Obviously, he's a sweet oh, soul. He's funny. I'm really proud of him. You know, He's uh, in eighth grade, he's quarterback of his football team. Yeah. As uh, the starting quarterback, he was undefeated this year. He is so talented. He really, well, all I your mean, boys are talented. They are. They're all super gifted and athletic and fun to be around. And uh, yeah, I'm really proud of Brewer. And he won the eighth grade or the seventh grade math award last year too. Yeah. So he's smart, athletic. Oh, Watch out, girls! He's got it all. Here he he's comes. Got it all. I love uh, it. I tell you what, this has been a lot of fun today. I hope it's yeah. been helpful. Um, oh gosh, yeah. 
and you know, I, I, I think this is an important topic and I, I'm vowing that I want to do better at this. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a muscle. It's something that you just have, just have to start doing. And once you start, it's just like comes out everywhere. It's like at Kroger, I'm gonna tell the cashier how, how great she looks today. You know, it's just, it becomes something that's evolving and flowing and a routine. I yeah. love it. Yeah, well, I hope you guys are enjoying this podcast. If you are, please rate, subscribe, subscribe wherever you listen comment. to the podcast. If you're on YouTube, what's our YouTube channel? Uh, it is Good Talk with Pete and Jordan Wilson. Also follow us on Instagram. You can kind of see our day-to-day yeah. life. You can see more of and the dog. every day. And the dog. And the yeah. farm. <laughs> and the farm. Oh, my gosh. We'll yeah. show lots of the farm later. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of words, I'd like to close this out with a few words as I uh, just speak this prayer over all of us. It says this, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. Ready? Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite hobby? Football. Love football. What's in your hands? Football. <laughs> football. Okay. Uh, number two. This is a harder one. Um, when have you seen something good come from a bad situation? Corona. Uh, corona did take me away from school, but it helped with football. So. Yeah. You got to spend more time. Mm-hmm. Working That's out. That's true. You're Understood. a baller. All right, number three, what do you want to be known for? Hot. <laughs> you want to be known for being hot. <laughs> That's honest. That's an honest teenage answer. Good job. Okay, last one. Um, what gives you hope? Something good coming out of something. Yeah, like what? Uh, well, went hunting, saw deer, gave me hope. Next time <laughs> I go hunting. But did you get the deer? No. No, but it gave you hope for, next for time. Like, next, next time. time. I love it. Good. Awesome. Thanks, bud.